Hi, this is Paul from RTB Limited and our podcast, episode two. And we're going to be interviewing uh, Jason Thomas from Grassroots uh, Grassroot Collaboration Group. <laughs> My brain didn't work for a second. Uh, so, Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself, bud. Thanks, Paul. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah, so I am a uh, 39-year-old dad, father of two, happily married, uh, working in the pharmaceutical industry. I um, have spent most of my career in the audit field with a focus on regulatory compliance, quality management, uh, really putting patient safety first and product quality first. Um, I would say over the past five years or so, I've been uh, going to school, wrapping up my MBA, which I recently completed at the Stevens Institute of Technology. Congrats. So I now hold an MBA mm-hmm. in uh, leadership and innovation, which is uh, it's definitely an accomplishment. So happy to have uh, closed that one out. All right. So now that my Thursdays are free, um, my wife is chomping at the bit to get those nights back for her. Um, but we're uh, we're trying to see what the next chapter of our life is about. Nice. And so you got you started uh, grassroots during the program, or tell me about how grassroots started and where it came from. Yeah. So our final class was a service innovation class, uh, and we had some really good professors at the Stevens Institute. Um, a lot of ex. CIOs who've seen a lot in the industry. Um, so they really added a lot of value. Um, so this class was a service innovation class, and we were tasked with identifying an existing service or product and somehow differentiating it you know, with other competitors in the market. Uh, a lot of people were focusing on Home Depot's tool rental, and I didn't want to do something you know, as simplistic as that. Uh, so I, I picked the startup incubator. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. What I noticed is a lot of them are primarily focused at the academia level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people like me who are, you know, middle-aged and out of school now, finally out of school, um, don't always have access to those resources as, you know, most venture capitalists do and venture centers do. Right. So, you know, I thought there's some value, um, to really establishing this, this accelerator or incubator, uh, for people who are like-minded entrepreneurial individuals who don't have an outlet and don't have resources so we can connect them and help them get their ideas and get into market. Okay. So what's the goal then is really just to take existing ideas, give them a platform, a place to work and to build out the, the ideas with what financial help or tell me how you're working that. Sure. Yeah, actually we are in the process of redesigning it. Cause when I started this initially, I'm an idea guy. I've got 700 ideas written on my phone. Uh, if I don't do anything with them, they're going to stay on that phone. I'll probably drop in the telephone one day and that's where they're going to go. So, you know, I, I got really motivated over the past two years and I want to start pushing them out, um, building them. And I just have this overwhelming desire to build. So, you know, part of the reason for starting the grassroots collaboration group was to see the platform with my own ideas and see if there's any interest out there. Uh, lo and behold, there was. And some of those things have taken off uh, quicker than I had imagined. Um, so where I'm at right now is I'm trying to balance um, some of those startup initiatives that we're working through right now, specifically in the medicinal cannabis space, uh, focus on the regulatory aspects of that, helping harmonize some of the quality control standards across the states. Um, and we're looking to form a bit of a quality coalition, uh, you know, bringing some of those GMP standards to the cannabis industry. Um, and there's some other initiatives that we're working on that I just recently started having some conversations with. Uh, there's some investors who are interested. I have some people who are interested in partnering. Um, and the more I get into this, the more I realize I don't have all the answers and, um, we probably will look for some additional help. Um, so we're going to rebrand the platform um, to be more of a startup incubator, to your point, that has 
a monetary aspect to it that's going to be focused on retained equity in startups. Uh, we're going to offer venture capital. Uh, we're going to offer all the resources that you would need to start up your business, soup to nuts. Right now, we did a soft launch. Our goal is to have our first ring of collaboration partners. I've been calling it the King Arthur Roundtable or the Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, 13, 8 more recently uh, for our female listeners. Um, you know, just really that subject matter expertise that we want to have uh, in-house. So we're going to start with that initial ring. And the expectation is that those collaboration partners uh, grow it, add content, and help really contribute to the network. So, you know, you're talking about that uh, regulatory and uh, going back a little bit about the regulatory side on the cannabis. I think that's a huge opportunity there because, you know, people will venture into cannabis when it becomes recreational and non-medicinal. And I think that would be their biggest concern, right? And in the past, there's a lot of, I think, the best way to say it would be scuttlebutt against uh, the cannabis industry that, you know, it's tainted, you don't know what's in it. Now you have a regulatory control mechanism put in place that will tell you, hey, this is 100% of this strain. There's nothing else added to it our stamp of approval on it. So that's exactly, exactly what we want to do. I mean, you have an industry right now that, you know, pieces of it are vertically integrated, uh, but a large portion of that value chain from, you know, cultivation all the way through dispensary, you know, the manufacturing, the packaging, labeling, those are all different organizations playing a role in that. Mm -hmm. How does that consumer, that and um, patient really have that assurance that all those quality control standards were adhered to throughout the process? And how do they have the assurance that, um, the states, you know, we're not doing things across state borders right now, but we will. Um, those regulations vary across states. So, you know, we want to offer that assurance to our clients that they maintain a state of inspection readiness for their business, as well as that assurance to our patients and to the consumers that they're going to have a product that has been thoroughly vetted at the GMP level, right? Because eventually the feds are going to come in, the FDA is going to come in, they're going to require it be done. We know it's going to happen. Uh, we're just waiting for that state's act to be overturned, right? Which labels, you know, cannabis as a class one substance, um, which is unconstitutional in my opinion. Uh, you know, so that's been a barrier. It's a different you know, podcast. For, that's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, it's been a barrier, you know, for, for the industry. And you've got Canada, who's now fully legal recre recreationally and uh, medicinally. You've got Mexico, who's now legal from a medicinal standpoint. So America's like this little sandwich that's missing out on opportunity. You know? Yeah. So. I, I think business will dictate it. And I think the economics of it will dictate the changes sooner. And then when the government can make some money off of it, you'll see it switch much faster. There's a lot to work on. I mean, listen, there's a lot of uh, social justice issues, the expungement issues, the, uh, the tax implications, the safety, uh, you know, how to educate your family about this, how to speak to your kids, how to do it in front of your kids. I mean, in 20 years, if we're all sitting up in the backyard, who knows? Um, you know, there's a big cultural I think thing. in 20 years, it'll be commonplace like a cigarette. A absolutely. Well, hopefully cigarettes aren't around in 20 years. Yeah. So. so, All right. So you have this platform. Now, I've only been exposed to one incubator when I visited South Africa. And it was basically a tool for small businesses to basically have a place to work and then get feedback from sharks or investors or just people who are teachers, mentors, trainers, whatever, to help them scale, right? Understand the finances, understand what I call the profits, understand the, the process behind building a business out, and then 
understanding how to lead and manage people, right? And I think that is, you know, obviously where I built our platform, where we focus on those three pillars and then, uh, you know, look at a business from a top down and say, okay, here's where you need to work and here's where we can fix it and, and offer solutions. I think that's a huge benefit, right? If you can have a place where I have this awesome idea, I don't know how to file for a, what kind of uh, business should I open, LLC, C-Corp, S-Corp, um, how should I do my taxes? How should I pay myself when we start making money? Um, how do I hire people? Who are the right people to hire? How do I build a culture? How do I, uh, you know, innovate on this idea? I think that, that's where this can really be powerful, right? And I think that's probably what your plan is at some point, right? That's the goal. Yeah, I mean, it's the market's right for it. The market's done really well over the past year, um, couple of years, I should say. Um, you know, so there's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of financing. There's a lot of capital available. It's not going to be like that forever. Startups don't do well in recessions. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we're well positioned right now to take advantage of that and to really add value to the people that have ideas, uh, to get their ideas out and to give them those resources, you know, such as yourself and, you know, people who have the ability to mentor to coach and to get people where they need to be that have never done it before. Myself, this is my first company. Startup incubator is my first startup. Kind of scratching my head at that. So, you know, when I, when I think about that, that's just tells me, you know, be humble. You don't have all the answers. You're you're not going to have all the answers. I need to have a community of people around me, just like you would need if you were starting a company. Mm -hmm. And and that's the goal. You know, I have ideas that want to get out and um, you know, I'm looking to partner with people that have resources and ideas alike. You know, so we can actually work together with the common interest um, at a local level, which is the other key part to our, our grassroots initiative. We want it to be local, right? It's, it's one of our differentiating factors from a lot of other um, incubators that are out there. A lot of them are um, focused at an academia level, which is local, and you can get together. But there are others that are very decentralized across the country. You look at LATIP, they have local chapters, but it's also a global um, international network. So... Something that we, we really want to focus on. We want to be local. We want to have um, people in our community towns involved, you know, especially in the cannabis industry. If they're opening up dispensaries, we want to be involved with the town and law enforcement to, to make sure that we can help the businesses thrive in that industry and, and not be self-failure. Yeah, check the boxes correctly. Yeah, exactly. So what's the process become part of GCG uh, and, and how will it benefit them, whether as a, a partner or as a, you know, a new business idea? Right now, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier, we are doing a soft launch. So the goal for me, I started this in October, was to push as hard as I can, building that network of collaboration partners between now and year end. And the focus for me has been on people I can trust, um, you know, trust, being local, and being affordable. Those are sort of our three things that we want to focus on as an incubator. Um, so I've been partnering with people that I know, uh, people who I've went to school with, people I've seen be successful like yourself, starting up their own companies who want to help people grow their businesses alike. Um, you know, those are the people that we're working with right now to build that inner circle of trust. Uh, going into Q2 of next year, we're looking to expand that process. We're going to have a much thorough vetting process for our collaboration partners. So the onboarding process next year is going to look a little different because I'm not going to know a lot of people. There's going to have to be background checks. We're going to make sure they're financially stable, uh, reputable. We don't want to partner people, um, you know, with individuals who have, you know, had a reputation in the industry as uh, not coming through or following through on a lot of their commitments. So, right, like 
we, we want to be conscious of that. We will thoroughly vet our collaboration partners to make sure that we do have a community of trusted uh, individuals to work. Nice. Process, to your point, though, is um, something that we're going to work with. Right now, the process, the monetization piece of it, which I'm sure we're going to talk about shortly, um, you know, it's something that we're defining. We want to do it right. Um, and I need to bring in some of the financial expertise to, to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think that's going to be the big challenge, right, on the process side, right, is how do you go from A to Z through this whole process of I have a business idea. I want to be part of the grassroots. What do I get in return? How do I, once the, the platform is becoming scalable or the idea becomes scalable and I need more capital, how do I get capital? Where's my, where's GCG's back end on that for helping out in the early stages? Right. So I think that's something you have to, that's going to be a huge challenge to iron out and then putting it together on a, you know, Gantt chart, however you want to do it, right? So everyone runs through the same Gantt. That's the same thing, right? Um, okay. So, you know, uh, what do you think the, I think the, the pre, we talked about the profit model a second ago, and I really kind of want to dive into it. And what are your high-level thoughts? I mean, nothing's set in stone, right? And yeah, yeah. How, how do you see it working out? So when I went into this, uh, you know, I'll go back to my class when I was defining the, the model, uh, I, I sort of looked at a couple of different revenue streams, one being an early startup subscription-based offering, you know, content for startups, you know, how to build a business pitch, a lot of that stuff that you would need, um, some mentoring, coaching, how-to videos, templates, business templates, connecting people with local resources for business formation. Um, so we'd offer, you know, a basic package, then we'd have a uh, premium package, which would be more focused on the collaboration partners and ensuring that they had the tools that they need to help people bring their ideas to life, right? So there'd be an enhanced collaboration tool set on the platform, enhanced functionality that you get access to as part of that premium membership. So the subscription and membership piece, uh, piece of that, something I was looking to really roll out in the first year, because um, any startup, you're not going to make money right away off of you know equity retained in a, an idea. You need to bet those uh, for quite a while. It's a so, five-year plan. Yeah, yeah. So I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. So... Um, in the process, you know, I would build out those offerings and have the service offering supplement the revenue stream while we're in the early phase um, with the expectation of building out that retained equity, the uh, venture funding and the capital raising and all that piece, uh, those pieces to it in Q1 and Q2 of next year. We do have some investors right now that are looking to partner with us. So we're, I think we're well positioned to tackle that early next year. Um, and then lastly, we'd probably... Um, you know, when I look at this from a five-year perspective, where I want to be, um, we started with academia. We, we started with looking at, you know, schools and saying, Could, would this work for that target audience? And we ultimately said no. Um, but maybe it will in the future. Maybe this will be a platform that we can then bring back and brand and license at the academic level um, and drop it into universities across the state. Wherever else we, you know, if the functionality is there and it has enough of an offering, which I don't know if it will right now, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. So then you get into licensing revenue. Right. And then like, I know that one place that I remember seeing they off, they offered a space for them to work and then feedback, like I mentioned, um, some hardware and software for computer stuff, but they retained, I think 10% equity in the, in the business perpetuity. Right. So they couldn't be diminished and always remain that 10%. So in that rare chance, you get a unicorn 
<laughs> make out nice, but sure. if you don't, at least you have, you know, people are learning or you're learning from the experiences and you become a better teacher, coach, or whatever, what you're going along. So on the people side, you know, I think that's going to be a challenge, right? And I want to know how you're going to address it and figuring out how you're going to do it. Yeah. You mean when you say people, you mean in terms of bringing on collaboration partners, what's in it for them type of. Yeah. Model? And then also on helping your, your incubatees sure. on the people side, because, you know, it's the one thing I've learned through my, you know, 20 something years of professionalism. Leadership is, is very hard to, good leadership is very hard to find. Right. And I think that um, whether you're in whatever department you're in, it can really dictate the growth and the ability for people to, to even prosper if there's not good leadership, because that really will diminish how you work, how hard you work, if you want to work, et cetera. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, when it comes to leadership, you, especially in a startup, you, you got to lead by example. It's your company. It's going to be as successful as you make it. Um, and that's the mantra for anyone coming in with an idea. We're going to help you. We'll hold your hand. Um, you got to work hard. Um, we will provide those leadership mentor capabilities. Um, you know, I myself have several mentors in the industry that I, I look up to and, and seek advice from uh, all the time. I don't think you should ever stop setting a mentor goal for yourself and always pick somebody to look up to because um, that keeps you in that learning mode, right? You're always constantly learning and you, you never get bogged down by failure mm -hmm. or anything like that, right? So you're always motivated. And if you do get, if you do fail, you're going to fail, but fail quick, fail fast and fail often, right? Yeah. But, you know, keep your chin up and have those mentors in your life. Surround yourself with this circle of people that I'm looking to build. Uh, and, and you should be successful as long as you have good people in your life that you can trust, that will help you, that have your best interests at heart. You know, it's, it's a recipe for success in my mind. Yeah. And I, I relate that to my, my years of boxing and playing sports is that, you know, you only you're going to get learned if you get punched in the face, right? <laughs> and you'll learn to avoid that punch after a while. I mean, I wasn't born with this nose. So, uh, you know, it, it took some learning. Uh, and I'm coaching myself, my son with wrestling now, and I'm, I'm, I'm helping him in that respect is that I want him to get uncomfortable when he trains, right? And he's like, why, dad? I don't want to, you know, that kid weighs more than me or he's older than me. I'm like, that's the only way you're going to learn. You know, hey, I wrestled, and the only thing that made me uncomfortable was the the lead, the tights. You know, <laughs> but I, I I plowed through it for four years. I was horrible. I, I think I had a record of like three and something every year, <laughs> and uh, I did it just to keep in shape for soccer. But I didn't quit. I stuck right. with it, and I, I love playing soccer. I was equally as bad at soccer, but I didn't quit that either. But I, I love playing it. Um, I don't play sports anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. It's, you no, I mean. It, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's the other thing I do, I, I coach these kids is that no matter what happens and you can use this for business, for sports, you always keep moving. If you take a baby step every day, that baby step will lead to something bigger in the long run. Right. And if you're learning something new every day, it's even better. Right. So that yeah. I think is, and these guys are little, right. They're, they're like first and yeah. second graders. And I'm, I'm like throwing them through my leadership boot camp every week. Well, you know, and they want to wrestle and fight when they're home. They want to wrestle and fight. Go exactly. They it's listen. They, every 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 a couple nights a week, they're burning off a lot of energy, and their parents love it. They come home, they pass out, they take a shower, and they. I want to get my daughter. They have a uh, a wrestling club in uh, the town over, and I was going to try and get her into it, but we'll see. 
Yeah, there's some girls. There's one this one uh female wrestler this weekend beat up literally beat up one of my my wrestlers this weekend. It, it was her father or somebody around her was must be a wrestler because she put this kid in a cradle as fast as I've ever seen him before in my life. I was like, you got, got him, boom, boom, locked him down. It was over. And like, like this locked down, like he yeah. was not getting out. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, this is a true story. I, I, when I was wrestling, I, um, actually, there was a really awesome kid. He, I think he went on to win the States. Um, I don't remember his name, but he, um, had part of his arm amputated. So he only had, um, you know, I think it was, probably half of his forearm. Um, and he went on to wrestle and he built up so much muscle in his legs and he was so determined to just keep going at it. He kicked my butt completely. Um, and it was amazing. Um, not that I was good and that said, said anything, but, uh, you know, just watching his determination in the sport and other kids that, you know, have good leaders in their, their, uh, their lives to, to push them. You know, it's a recipe for success, no matter what your, your, uh, whether you're an underdog or not. So. Right. And I think that's huge, right? Is that uh, the one thing you learn from individual sports like that is whether, you know, how to think on your feet, right. And then how to react to adversity and take adversity and keep moving forward. So, you know, and I think that goes into the next question is, you know, RTB means something to me. And I try to put that out to the world is that no matter what happens, you get out there every day and you ring the bell, whether you're starting a business, you're growing a business, you're going to work, taking care of your family, whatever you're doing. So question I want to ask you, and I'm going to try to ask this in every, every interview is how do you ring the bell every day and what drives you to do it? Well, first and foremost, I'm not a boxer. I'm a drummer. So I, I ring the symbol, uh, bang the symbol, I should say. Um, but now I, I try and, um, listen to my inner voice, which I don't always do that well. Um, it's usually right 90% of the time if you actually pay attention to it and take action on it. Um, and it just helps you lead by example. And when I do that, it's my, my family's happy. I'm getting things done. Uh, I'm getting things done at work, I'm working out, I'm feeling accomplished. Um, it's getting up and just doing the right thing, right? What do you need to do that day that needs to get done? Get it done. Don't wait. Don't push it off. I did a lot of procrastination in my life and I'm just at a point where I've just got tired of pushing stuff off. So get up, get it done, build it, do whatever you do, grow it. Um, just get out there and do it. Yeah. So. JT, uh, air high five. <laughs> Thanks for uh, spending some time with me today and talking to yeah. us about, uh, GCG and, and your plans move forward. You know, obviously I think that, uh, the, the mantra RTB is there with GCG every day because you're working with these small businesses and you, and you want to help them grow. And I think it's, what you're doing is, is a great idea and a great platform. So best of luck. And however I can help, please let me know. You got it. Otherwise, uh, don't forget to ring the bell every day, brother. I will. Take care, pal. Thanks Bye. a lot. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for our second episode of RTB Limited's podcast, focusing on people, process, and profits in your business. If you're interested to learn more, you can check us out at www.rtblimited.com. If you're interested in being on the podcast, go ahead and reach out to paul.abrams at rtblimited.com. And whatever you do, don't forget to ring the bell.